Welcome to episode four of the Leader of Learning podcast. In this episode, we discuss teacher leadership through ambassadorships. The idea for and the premise for this episode uh, stems, and, and it's probably taken me a little bit longer to get around to this than I wanted, but it stems from a September 2nd New York Times article written by Natasha Singer addressing the quote-unquote issue, ethical issue of teacher ambassadorships. I back up for a second to discuss that Teacher leaders are, have found this as a new way to lead in their schools, in their areas, and maybe even around the country and more globally as ambassadors for ed tech companies to promote their product and to bring it into the hands of more and more students. That might be students at their school. That might be students at other schools. This particular article seemed to go back and forth regarding the issue while trying to raise awareness and bring attention to uh, teacher ambassador programs, but at the same time attacking it a little bit as well. I personally was sort of confused by the message that was in the article, and that's why in this episode in a few minutes, I speak with Josh Tappen, who leads the ambassador program for an ed tech company called Nearpod. Their ambassador program is called the Pioneer Program, and Nearpod has several dozen or a couple of hundred pioneers who are ambassadors for their product. Let me start by sharing some of what I found in this article. First of all, I found this quote to be probably the, uh, the main idea, let's say, of the article. It says, The corporate courtship of these teachers brings with it profound new conflict of interest issues for the nation's public schools. There were even a couple of times where the author of the article seemed to be positive and putting a positive spin on teacher ambassadorships, saying things like the benefits to companies are substantial and that many startups enlist their ambassadors as product testers and de facto customer service representatives who can field other teachers' queries. Later in the article, she even mentions that Tim Jacobson, a principal at an elementary school, offers a different view where he describes the company-teacher relationships as mutually beneficial for both schools and the EdTech industry. In the article, two teachers are mentioned by name who are part of ambassador programs. First, Kayla Delzer, uh, who has her own brand, Top Dog Teaching, and is at least an ambassador for Seesaw. And Nicholas Provenzano, uh, who he brands himself as the nerdy teacher and is a Raspberry Pi ambassador and a Google certified educator. But then the article seems to go on the attack against teacher ambassadorships. And I'll read to you just some of the quotes from the article that attack these ambassador programs. In the article, the author says that some of the ambassador programs give the teachers inexpensive gifts like free classroom technology or t-shirts or with more established startups, even giving pricier perks like travel expenses to conferences or that in exchange 
for these perks, teacher ambassadors will promote company products on social media or in conference presentations, sometimes without explicitly disclosing their relationships with the sponsors. She goes on to say that some education experts warned that company incentives might even influence teachers to adopt promoted digital tools over rival products or even more traditional approaches like textbooks. Later in the article, it says that public school teachers who accept perks, meals, or anything of value in exchange for using a company's product in their classroom could also run into potential ethics policies that are established by their school district or even their state. She compares teacher ambassador programs to problems in the medical profession, where she asks, can pharmaceutical company gifts like speaking fees or conference junkets influence doctors to prescribe certain medications? Further in the article, she says that the Federal Trade Commission considers sponsored posts, like those that a teacher ambassador might put out on Twitter, to be a form of advertising. It expects people who receive a product, meal, or anything else of value from a company in exchange for promoting a product to disclose that sponsorship when they endorse the product. And finally, the author of the article says that companies that tap public school teachers to use or promote their product in exchange for perks are effectively engaging the educators as consultants, a situation that could conflict with teachers' obligations to their employer or their school. So while you could probably tell already which side of the issue or the argument I sit on, I wanted to go right to the source. I wanted to bring in Josh Tappen, who is Nearpod's Customer Advocacy Manager. Nearpod is an edtech company with a successful teacher ambassador program called The Pioneers, of which I'm a part of, and I really wanted to get Josh's personal thoughts and maybe even the company's perspective on this article and how they see this issue regarding teacher ambassadors. Here's my interview with Josh. All right, so I have Josh Tapp in here, and uh, just before we move on any further, if you could tell us about yourself, your background, how you came to Nearpod, and, and of course, the work that you do there. Awesome. Um, thanks, for, thanks for inviting me, Dan. And uh, so I am currently the customer advocacy manager at Nearpod. Um, that includes uh, kind of designing and, and uh, owning a lot of our teacher community programs, uh, including the Nearpod Pioneer program, the Nearpod Certified Educator program, uh, and really trying to uh, engage that community. So keep keeping teachers active, providing them with professional uh, growth opportunities, and also kind of uh, providing a platform for the teachers in uh, those communities, the educators in those communities, to uh, really tell their stories, whether that's through um, our marketing team or through training conferences, professional development. So the idea is that we that we keep we we engage a community of, of educators and then share professional opportunities with them uh, that they're welcome to to pursue if they choose to. And as far as my background, so before uh, joining Nearpod uh, almost three years ago, I worked for about a year. Uh, at an education foundation that was um, investing in early stage education technology companies, as well as a lot of other education and community-based initiatives. That's where I met Guido, the CEO of Nearpod. And um, they, they, and before that, I was a middle school teacher. I taught middle school science in Atlanta, Georgia. We share that in common. Isn't middle school teaching like the best <laughs> Yeah, everyone, even other teachers, like elementary, uh, elementary school teachers and high school teachers, even they always say, oh, 
I don't know yeah. how you do it, but I, I really enjoyed it. It was, um, you know, cool to kind of shape uh, and, and, and guide uh, students uh, as you saw them kind of grow up from, you know, elementary schoolers to almost uh, to, to, to become a little bit more mature and, and, and getting them ready for high school. Which is yeah, you, you know, it's such an interesting awkward time in yeah, yeah. life and I always tell people in my opinion and and maybe I'm a little biased but it takes a special someone to be <laughs> a school teacher yeah I agree with that I yeah uh, now if you could just take us back for a second and sure. um, you spoke about the the pioneer program and, and we yeah. will get to that in a minute but even before that um, I'm hoping that our listeners will know Nearpod and be familiar with it it's obviously something that I love and I'm really passionate about, but just in case, tell people what Nearpod's all about. Yeah, absolutely. So Nearpod is an interactive uh, teaching platform where um, first teachers can either create uh, from existing PowerPoints, Google Slides from scratch, uh, or they can download. We have over 5,000 ready to teach lessons. So first you create a lesson that consists of um, you know, multimedia informative assessment activities. Uh, then you teach it. And, and, and when you teach with Nearpod, you can synchronize student devices. And that allows you as a teacher to kind of share uh, multimedia activities, websites, virtual field trips, video, audio. So really giving students, you know, multiple ways to, to, to learn uh, new content. And then there are a bunch of formative assessment activities, such as our collaborate boards, draw it, open-ended questions, quizzes, polls, so that teachers can involve students more actively in the learning process during a lesson, uh, as well as get instant feedback from students so they know exactly where 100% of their class uh, is at in terms of their, their comprehension and understanding of uh, what the lesson's about. Yeah, and I, I love the way that you led by saying that Nearpod is super interactive, and, and that's why I love it so much. And, um, you know, I could go on and on talking about Nearpod, and, and sometimes I do, you know, as a, as a pioneer, I get to go out there and, and share my passion for Nearpod with other schools. Um, but let's talk about that for a second, being a sure. pioneer and the ambassador program, which at Nearpod is called the, the pioneer program. Just explain that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So the Pioneer program is Nearpod's kind of team of uh, extended team of really education uh, experts and some of our, our top uh, most passionate users um, who we uh, really consider kind of an, an extended uh part of the Nearpod team where, you know, pioneers uh, apply for the program. We look for people who have extensive history of, of, of Nearpod usage. We look for people who are comfortable uh, facilitating professional development and workshops, whether or not that's on Nearpod. And we look for people who just in generally uh, can understand and explain the tool in a uh, a way that connects to how it impacts teaching and learning. So we're really looking for people who kind of understand that link between the platform uh, and, and teaching and learning outcomes. And then as far as when, when people join, um, you know, we uh, have taken an opt-in approach. So, you know, we want people who kind of fit the qualifications to become pioneers. And then we share opportunities with pioneers throughout the year um, to either give uh, product feedback uh, to lead workshops uh, at other schools and districts, to attend conferences with us and present to other teachers. And, you know, we want to support pioneers if they have opportunities of their own that they want to pursue. Excellent. And, uh, 
In, in full disclosure, and uh, I say this because I'm going to ask a, a couple of relatively tough questions in a minute, I, I want to um, explain that I am not only a Nearpod pioneer, but I, I am an ambassador for a couple of other companies. Having mm-hmm. said that, in my opinion, Nearpod does a fantastic job of running their pioneer program and, and treating us pioneers like we really are a very big part of the company and, and of making sure that this product gets gets in the hands of, of as many teachers and students and schools as possible. So my next question then is really going back about a month. Your response to a New York Times article that came out uh, early September about ambassador programs. And I, to be honest, in my opinion, the article was a little bit confusing in terms of its message, but did maybe take some shots at ambassador programs. What was your response to that? Yeah, so that, that article obviously hit close to home as kind of owning the, the, the pioneer program. Um, and it really had us reflect on how we approach the pioneer program and how we kind of approach, you know, engaging our communities of teachers. Um, you know, a couple of things that, that we make clear when, when we onboard pioneers, um, first of all, the goal is never to have someone kind of promote, uh, the, the tool directly, like for, for compensation or for, some sort of uh, referral fee, like within their school or district. I think that the, the, the article had mentioned people doing that or requiring people to lead a certain amount of workshops per year or refer a certain amount of teachers. That's really not how we approach it. Like I understand and, and we as a company understand that, you know, educators first priority are going to be like one, their classroom, if they're in a classroom, two, their school, if they're a school level employee and three, their district. And all the opportunities that we are going to share are going to be opt-in, meaning, you know, we're not, you know, as, as you know, Dan, you know, we're not keeping track and, and, and booting people out or, or kind of ranking people or, or, or putting pressure on people who aren't necessarily leading workshops. You know, we, we know that everyone's first priority is going to be their, their full-time job as it should be. Um, so, you know, we share opportunities and people have the, have the freedom to, to either participate in those or not. And, you know, we have pioneers come from a range of schools and districts, you know, many schools and districts support people uh, who, uh, you know, maybe want to attend, attend a conference during the year and, and some don't, and that's fine. And we keep track of that stuff. And, 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 and we respect people who have kind of different, differing levels of uh, availability and participation. Um, so that's one thing that I think the article had highlighted. Uh, these ambassador programs are, are giving teachers kickback and perks to, to kind of sell their software in their schools. And I would say that's, you know, we take a little bit of a lighter approach where, like I said, there's no kind of prerequisite for, for you or anyone else to kind of lead a certain number of trainings in your school or whatever. And, and, and that was, um, you know, one thing that we thought even after reading the article that we were kind of on the right path. And I think one thing that, that the article missed a little bit is that a lot of times teachers are doing these things informally, whether it's leading workshops or trying to take on like leadership roles in their school or, or, or leading trainings or professional development. And this isn't the case with every school, but sometimes, you know, one thing we commonly hear from pioneers is that they want these opportunities, but they aren't necessarily there in their school or district. And some schools and districts know that. So they're happy to kind of have someone externally supporting teachers and, and, and giving them professional opportunities, whereas, you know, budgets or, or in district or in school priorities might not allow for that. So, uh, first of all, thank you for, uh, for all that and, and your opinions. Um, you know, I gotta be honest, when I first read the article, I did feel like it was a bit of a 
uh, you know, I guess for a lack of a better term, personal attack uh, on me and other ambassadors. And I can certainly see how you and your position would have taken it personally. I almost compare it to a basketball player or some kind of uh, professional athlete who is making commercials or advertisements selling sneakers, let's say. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not necessarily going out and saying, you cannot buy another brand of sneaker. They're just saying, this is the one that I like the best and that I support. And, you know, yeah, of course they make money and maybe they get free sneakers out of the deal too, but that's a company using a professional athlete or in this case, an educator to say, we love the product and we hope that more people use it. And so I guess my next question would be like, what, um, what's your opinion of, let's say, potential legal or ethical issues? Or are there any that are related to teachers being used as brand ambassadors? Yeah, I would say, I would say there definitely are. I mean, there are certainly, you know, school or, or district conflict of interest policies. And, you know, we kind of expect um, every pioneer and there, and there have been some who have uh, upfront kind of said, hey, I'm happy to join this community for, to grow my professional learning network. But what I can't do based on my school or district contract is uh, enter into any sort of consulting uh, agreement. You know, we, we, you know, you can't sponsor me to attend conferences. I'm unable to lead trainings during the school year or over the summer at different schools. And I, I think that's a school to school and a district to district approach, which again, like we completely respect. I think that, you know, there is a very clear line at, you know, we are not taking the approach uh, of, of uh, whether it's sponsoring or, 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 or um, compensating people um, for increasing the usage of, of Nearpod or selling Nearpod in their school or district. I mean, that, that to me is like a hard and fast line that and, and a clear conflict of interest, you know, I, I mean, imagine, you know, even, even in my position at Nearpod, I mean, if they found out that I was, you know, a paid sponsor for a certain software that we use internally, I mean, that is, is unethical, no matter which industry you're in. Um, if you're kind of promoting that with kind of ulterior motives, which is why, you know, as I mentioned before, a lot of it's opt-in. We take the approach that, hey, your school or district priorities come first. However, if you're supported in that, and if this falls you know, outside of within what your school or district allows, then we want teachers out there representing us and sharing Nearpod because from our perspective, I mean, who better to share the tool and to talk about the benefits of the tool and to get other teachers on board than other educators who are using it. But we definitely, definitely draw the line at, you know, compensating or sponsoring pioneers for, you know, promoting or, or, or selling Nearpod in their district. That's not something that, that, that we're ready to do. And that's something that from the beginning, we've kind of taken a, a stance of uh, that would be, you know, unethical. Right, right. Well, I appreciate all those uh, comments and, and your opinions, because I, I think that it, it is a, a bit of a tricky subject, you know, some, some gray areas in there in terms of, like we said, the, the ethics of it. And so I, I appreciate you sharing. Uh, I guess final question, just to, to turn it back to the product and the company, where's Nearpod headed with their product and maybe the, the Pioneer program itself? Yeah, so the, the, the Pioneer program, you know, we continue to, to want to make that kind of an integral part of our, of our company. Um, you know, we have seen, again, that teachers by nature, when they find, you know, an effective teaching strategy, a great lesson plan, 
uh, a great tool, a great product, you know, they want to share it with other teachers. So, you know, having formalized a program about that uh, has been, you know, to our benefit. And we think to, to the pioneers benefit and to the benefit of the teachers who they're talking to, who can really hear about those kind of authentic classroom experiences uh, straight from, straight from other educators. Um, so we want to continue to grow that, you know, continue to add resources and support to our Pioneer program. We plan to, to have another kind of Pioneer Summit uh, in 2018, which is kind of a, a weekend uh, of professional development for our Pioneers um, that, uh, you know, people have, have uh, given pretty awesome feedback about in the past couple of years. Uh, we also, I mean, for the, on the product side, you know, we continue to, to want to improve our core product, which is, you know, the ability for teachers to create or download lessons, sync student devices, you know, we continue to, um, kind of, uh, you know, improve and, 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 and make, uh, both technical and, you know, UX improvements to our platform. And, you know, as you'll see, we, we, we added a new uh, feature recently around, uh, we integrated with uh, FET simulations. So we want to continue to give students an opportunity to kind of uh, interact and explore and kind of make meaning of learning within the lesson. Um, not just maybe like one way, you know, presenting from the teacher as the expert to the student as the, as the kind of learner. We want students kind of actively uh, learning and, and, and we continue to kind of find opportunities uh, in the product to to do just that. Yeah, um, I love that. Actually, I, one of the, one of my personal or professional goals really heading into this school year as an instructional coach at my school was to say, look, we've we've gotten pretty good at this technology thing now as teachers presenting information and, and bringing content to students. But I think it's about time that we kind of make that switch over to having the students create more content with it. And I think uh, Nearpod is a, a perfect platform for students to be able to use to do that. Uh, so before, uh, before I let you go, if you could just tell people how to find Nearpod and maybe for, for educators who could be interested in becoming certified educators or pioneers? Where do they go for, for that information? And maybe what, what should they look for? Yeah, absolutely. So, so to kind of get on board with Nearpod or to try it out, you can go to nearpod.com and, and sign up. Um, anyone who signs up gets kind of a free 30-day um, trial period for our, our, our gold or premium membership. Uh, but anyone can use the product for free. You know, we don't necessarily want cost to be a limitation. Obviously, we have to stay in business, so there are school and, and district options with kind of upgraded features and storage and access to our, our uh, you know, 5,000-plus pre-made lessons that, that I mentioned before. Certified Educator Program is kind of a, a, a certification and community program uh, that, that will... Um, recognize you as someone who's kind of proficient with the Nearpod uh, platform. And you can find information about that at nearpod.com slash certified hyphen educators. And similarly, the Pioneer program, uh, spelled P-I-O-N-E-A-R-S, uh, nearpod.com slash pioneers. And you can also find either of those programs on the footer of our, of our homepage. Excellent. Well, I thank you so much for your time and I appreciate your opinions and your comments regarding the uh, ambassador program and the pioneers. And uh, like I said, I, I love the work that you guys are doing, which is why I am very proud to be a Nearpod pioneer, but I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining me. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. I can't tell you how much I appreciate Josh for coming on here, sharing his thoughts and feelings and maybe even Nearpod's about teacher ambassador programs and potential ethical issues that they may bring with them. As far as my take, here goes. 
I really want this podcast to be dedicated to educational leadership and teacher leadership. So I think that at the end of the day, just like any decision that should be made in education, it all goes back to what's best for students. To me, this is a form of teacher leadership. Having educators serve as ambassadors for educational technology products or companies should be a great way of getting effective instructional products into the hands of students, other teachers, and other schools. Just like the point I brought up with Josh in the interview, I think it's much the same as a professional athlete who endorses some kind of sporting apparel, shoes or clothes or or anything. They do it to bring awareness and attention to the company, to the product. And while, yes, they're getting paid to do that, they're not telling anyone out there not to buy other products. They're highlighting the positives of whatever product they are endorsing. Anyway, I would love to hear where you stand on this issue, which side of the debate you fall on. I encourage you to reach out. You can find more information about this episode and this podcast at leaderoflearning.com slash podcast. You can also find Leader of Learning on Twitter at Leader of Learning, and Leader is spelled L-D-R, so it's at L-D-R of Learning, or email me, dan at leaderoflearning.com. As always, please subscribe to this podcast. You can find it on Google Play, iTunes, or anywhere where podcasts are listened to. And I thank you so much for tuning in. Please join me next time. Take care for now. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.